Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Local Government. We are very lucky today to have the Chief Executive of Lee City Council, Tom Ryalden, here to talk to us about the role of local government in the current, uh, well, the current time, but also the future of local government as we exist in a time where there is a, an existential threat, as it were, to the, uh, to the entire sector. So before without further ado, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Good, thanks, Matthew. It's Friday. That's always a good thing. So yeah, looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> it is. We've <laughs> I'm made being it. Really honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's dive in then. So you know, obviously, you've been with Leeds now for over thirteen years, uh, a very successful council. Um, in your opinion, has the role of local government changed during the time that you've been with Leeds? Yes, it has. Um, I think that we retain our core. Um, reason for being which is about providing public services to the people of the city and I think the sector does that more generally I think there's a um, there's another the other sort of side of the coin is the placemaking role as it's called that we provide in terms of leading the city more generally and working with other partners and I think that's that's the bit that's um, that's changed over the years I'd say if I looked at my diary compared it to 10 years ago much more meeting with the NHS, um, an attempt to work more closely with them. Um, And, you know, the financial challenge that the country's got and that we've got um, has driven up demand. So we're dealing with many, many more um, families who are struggling um, in the city. So that's that's changed. Um, I think there's a, a move almost for if we're not careful for local government to become the default local welfare state without us being funded to do so. Um, and then economically, finally, I think, you know, that's for for good and ill um, in, in the country. If local government is or isn't working, then you don't get the growth that you need in the country. And I think that's an area that needs needs more attention to. I was talking, I've got uh, the uh, exec director for the Institute of Economic uh, Development uh, coming on um, because it is so important um, to have growth at the centre. I mean, Leeds has done some amazing things. I mean, we've uh, for my, 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 my day job where we have a Leeds office and it's really, really impressive what has happened to Leeds in terms of the development that you have done in the city centre and the partnership with private sector organisations. Can we just talk a bit more about that in terms of the fact that local government is almost the anchor to developments and in a post-COVID landscape kind of how you see you know do do councils still have to take on the risk do councils have to be the one that leads the, the charge if you give a bit more information to the listeners at home as to local government's role yeah so I think I think the um the principal role that we have uh, I would say in this space is that we're the land use planning authority so you know there's a sort of slightly separate to the to the mainstream of what a council does and the politics and the way it's all set up is the planning um, process. It's sort of um, slightly autonomous as it's got to be, to be objective. And um, 
and when you've got a plan in place, a land use plan with some housing numbers in that you're going to hit and then you hit them, that makes a massive difference to the well-being and the economic future of your place. And, and we've managed to do that in Leeds. We, we, we're building, we've managed to build around just over 3,000 homes a year over a, over a long period of time. And they aren't in one particular place in the city. They're spread out in a way that's consistent with the economic geography and the town and city feel to the to the way that Leeds works. And um, and we've regenerated the city centre at the same time. So that's the principal role, I would say. But then, of course, local government is often the biggest landowner and the um, biggest procurer of services in a in a place or, or one of them. And um, and in that sense. You, you there is an opportunity to utilize your own building and land holdings to help regeneration happen in a in in your place so for example we used to own an area of land just south of the railway station and um it was a bit of a you know the south bank as it's called in leeds it was the area we were trying to effectively double the size of the city center by by developing out lots of old industrial land um, so we got, we had a land use we had we had the planning framework for it but w we as a landowner were were at the start of stimulating development so we we sold the land and and redeveloped the um, redeveloped the um, the buildings around that and as a result we've got new hotel we've got new office space we've got really nice public realm and then you you get confidence when people can see the cranes happening they can see the office space emerging they can see the the, the housing that will be being built next to it and then that that has a sort of you know momentum about it um yeah so so that's that's been crucial but really at the heart of it is building confidence in the private sector and in the investment community that you are going to do what you say you're going to do um that you're going to stick to your plan so they can have confidence over a long period and that things are going to happen that you say are going to happen um, we had what I call the Magnificent Seven. The great late Bob Kerslake taught me when he was in Sheffield and I worked with him when I was at, in the RDA, Yorkshire Forward. Um, he had these Magnificent Seven projects and, and he's, he's, you know, the idea is that everyone in the city knows once you say what your priority projects are, they're going to happen. So that's how the new arena, Music Arena in Leeds, the two new shopping centres, Kirkstall Forge, etc. happened in our city. That's fantastic. And it's that continuity and that confidence comes from not only doing what you say you're going to do, but having the consistent leadership, you know, having you at the helm for 13 years has allowed that to happen. Just going back to what you said at the start of the podcast around more families struggling in Leeds. Um, and obviously economic growth is fantastic for securing jobs for the, the region. You know, in terms of actually the demand that's being put on the council at the moment and the variety of demands, you know, how difficult is that for councils at the moment before we go into the funding crisis that obviously with a lack of funding to, to deal with that? Yeah, it's, it's as hard as I've ever known it. Um, and we've had, you know, austerity and we've had a pandemic. Um, and so it, it is incredibly difficult because you've got already in a we, we have 812,000 people in the city um, with the second largest unitary after Birmingham. And and we have thousands literally thousands of families in our city are are struggling at times you know sometimes they'll be fine and other times they'll have a problem you know a crisis of uh, mental health or sometimes drug and alcohol addiction is involved sometimes it's about um 
you know the 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 breakdown of a job or a or, or a, a financial situation and or a housing issue and when that happens um where else is there for someone to turn but the council these days and so you know are we going to just push people away like that we can't you know we're not we're a compassionate organization and city we want to help them but the, the the demand that that puts in place on your resources and on the people that you've got the social workers the housing officers you know the um the the carers the um the, the the wider network is 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 just really i would say at breaking point now because you've got a new cohort of people who've come into our purview who need us more need the local state more who never thought they'd need to in the past um and they've been driven to that by you know the economic conditions the poverty the you know the cost of living crisis that 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 we're in at the moment so yeah, I understand that entirely myself because I come from a family where my mum and dad had health problems and we were in respite care, me and my brother, for um, two or three times when we were toddlers. Um, it can happen to anyone and we've got to be there to help people and no council is going to walk away from that. But every council, I would say, is challenged by the, the height and the breadth and the depth and the complexity of that demand. It's hard, isn't it? Because I completely agree with you. And that's for me, that's one of the reasons why I think it's so admirable the way in which local government is set up to support the community that it serves. But there is that uh, that almost it's an, I don't say the word dichotomy, but, you know, whereby you won't say no to and you won't turn them away. But like you said at the start, you know, it almost becomes a dumping ground for services that no one else wants. And, you know, you saw with the police where they said they're not going out to mental health call outs now because they can't do with the resources. But unless there's going to be funding given by central government, and there's going to be a proper funding program. You do con- it is concerning that actually there is there is a limited capacity to what councils can do, even with the best intention in the world. And it's also about the prioritisation of activities against you know an ever increasing demand. And that's it, just so challenging. I also think you know I speak to people across different spectrums of local government and different levels of seniority, and the the over arching theme is that everyone cares so much and you know they take it home with them at night and the people want to go to work in local government to make the lives better of that community but you know at the moment it feels as if they're just they're hamstrung because they haven't necessarily got the tools not necessarily to do that job but to indefinitely step in when there is no other organization that can step in you know, and I think that brings us nicely to talk about funding because, you know, um, for those listening at home, I know that you probably hear this point bored, bored of me talking about the funding crisis, but it is so important because local government needs clear, stable funding. What do you think, Tom, about the current funding situation with local government? Well, that we we are not funded to do the job that we're being asked to do is the bottom line. Um, and when that happens, it means that... Um, you know, it destabilizes a fundamental part of civic society in terms of, um, you know, the services that people want. And, and you know, we we are not going to get pride of place back into into high streets and towns by just giving a little slug of capital money every now and then to, to renovate a new building. People want to be able to have, you know, parks that are pleasant to walk in, that are clean. They want to be able to, um, you know, drive down a road without potholes all over it. They, they want their their bins to be collected and and you know good recycling to happen. And and they also want opportunities for their kids, for you know their friends and family to have stable jobs. And and all of those things that I've mentioned 
are what local government does. And um, if you start to destabilise that, then you destabilise the very basis of what, you know, we want our country to be. And, and that's what's happening at the moment, I'm afraid. You know, local government took the biggest hit from austerity. It did a, a miraculous job in, um, in, in, you know, reducing the amount of people it employed, but providing the similar levels of service. But, um, you know, I'm afraid we've reached the end of that if you like experiment where you know how how much can you push down and push down and just ask local government to do more and more and more without something breaking and the section 114s of course that when you look at every individual one there'll be commentators who'll say well that was you know the council's fault they should have done this or that differently but when you get a pattern when you've had one in 20 years and then you get um you know six or seven in in a year and then you get 20 or so saying that they're going to go next year um and most councils saying they don't see how they're going to be able to provide what they do um in three years or five years time there's a fundamental problem and so either we need more money or we need less to do and um, and there's choices there that have got to be made um and the whole way local government finance is being run has got to be much more effectively um and more stable uh, in managing a more stable way um and there's lots of examples like um pay rises in an inflationary period not being fully funded um you know the timing of agreement of grants for the year being made a matter of a days before the financial year the settlement coming in the day before christmas eve um you know us wanting to rightly look at asset sales to be able to balance the books but being hamstrung from doing that by some of the rules and mixed messages about reserves and other things from from the centre and from audit um you know the, the the lack of recognition that demand for services at a local level is exactly the same as demand for services at a national level yeah at a national level the they have what's called amy which is um, annual managed expenditure, which is basically a recognition that, you know, if demand goes up for an employment benefit, then you can't change the rules halfway through and stop everyone getting it. You've got to accept it's going to happen in a year. Um, and whereas here at a local level, we don't get any of that flex. We've just got to suck it up every year. And when you're in an inflationary period, when you've got demand going up as it is, we just can't do it. You have been listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. Remember, your local council does some amazing work, but you can help. So remember to vote and be engaged with the work they're doing. If you like this podcast, please like, share and give a five-star review. If you would like to feature on the podcast, have any shout-out of excellent work being done by a local authority or have any topics you would like covered, please email me at truth about local government at gmail.com truth about local government local government is at the heart of what we do